out there in podcast land. You set you down once again in Combat Sports with Rhino. Episode 195. Holy smoke, can you believe it, APB? So I don't get buried the lead as I used to do. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with Rhino. Really hot prospect of the LFA. 5-1, 145-er. Isaac Thompson. It is an awesome interview. He's a really, really good fighter. I can't wait for you guys to check that one out. So our intro and our schedule is as follows. We've got a jam-packed episode for you this week. Because the UFC has returned, we had the Bellator 300, awesome stuff. So we'll have partial coverage from um, LFA 169. We're going to have our full UFC Vegas 80 recap. Some coverage from Bellator 300. We'll have our main card picks for UFC Vegas 81 next week. Our drops of the night, amazing Q&A session with members of the Rhino Gang. Plus the aforementioned 5-1 and one LFA featherweight, Isaac Thompson. Uh, it goes 10 rounds of Rhino. It is a great one. So without any further ado, APB. Let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So Dallas, Texas was the host city for LFA 169. Our homie from the Rhino Gang at 155 pounds, Richie El Machete Miranda, got the TKO due to ground and pound over Darion Chapman in that one. Rhino Gang, gang, gang. And then the next Rhino Gang fighter we're going to be covering was the co-main event at 125 pounds. Our man, Kevin Fernandez, Lil Dragon. Got the submission via arm triangle in the second round over Joseph Camacho. So two big wins for the Rhino Gang at LFA 169. We love to see it. That's things you love to see. Mark that down. You love to see it. All right. So getting into Bellator 300 from San Diego, California, we got a little bonus covers for some Rhino Gang. We had Jenna Bishop getting the arm bar in the first round over Ayana Joanne in that one. So big ups to Jenna Bishop. And then Kai Kamaka III got the split decision in a very Tightly contested bout versus Henry Corrales. What a fight. What a gut check that was. Awesome for Kai Kamaka III. As far as our three title fights, we had Ronald Gang member Liz Carmouche. And still, baby, over Alima Lane McFarlane, who I also really, really like. Um, but Liz Carmouche in that fifth round, it was a back and forth affair, but Liz Carmouche. So Alimale is coming in to like, you know, throw a combination and Liz throws this super gnarly leg kick. It hits Alimale perfectly above the knee. Her knee goes inward. Alimale goes down. Liz Carmouche is the winner and still 125 pound champion of Bellator Liz Carmouche. All right. We have a good question about her later on the Ronald Gang Q&A as well. Moving into the 145 pound belt, we had Cyborg Santos crushing Kat Zingano, which I know hurts my girl APB on this one. I'm sorry to say it. Uh, so see? sad. I mean, it's not like it. I didn't kind of expect that, but I just hate to see it because I love Kat so much. I know, I know you do. And uh, unfortunately for you and all the other Kat Zingano fans. I didn't was- see it live, so it doesn't hurt me as bad as <laughs> I would have been watching. <laughs> right, right. So Cyborg gets the TKO in the first round. And then 155-pound bout was also on the line. We had Umar Nurmagomedov. Uh, beating Brent Primus, who I like to call Primus, by <laughs> unanimous decision in that one. Um, unfortunately, the 265-pound belt was not on the line. Ryan Bader and Linton Vassell were supposed to fight, but Linton withdrew uh, with illness a few days ago. So we did not get our heavyweight belt, but we did get the 125, the 145, and then the men's 155 all on the line for Bellator 300. So it was really good fights last night from San Diego. So, again... APB and I were both disappointed in the marketing leading up to the fights, but they put on some pretty good uh, scraps last night. So big ups to them. All right. Let's get into UFC Vegas 80. Our first fight was J.J. Aldridge versus Montana De La Rosa. (laughs) (laughs) All of their fights are like that. Super goddamn boring, dude. I did not enjoy this whatsoever. It was a lot of techniques thrown. Very little landed. Neither one of the ladies seemed to really want to get after it. 
Uh, Montana's nose got bloodied late in the fight. That was about the only exciting thing that happened throughout the entire uh, fight. J.J. Aldridge, two took it on late, re- late replacement, got the UD in that one. All right, moving into our second fight, we had Richie Lang versus Johnny Munoz Jr. This one stepped it up a little bit. I wasn't going to say this was also like an amazing fight. Uh, hard two for Richie Lang early, which kind of made Johnny want to get into grappler mode. He got the trip takedown, took the back. He was sub hunting, wasn't able to get it on. Uh, Arichi Lang then threw him down in the second round in a gnarly fucking throw, which was fun. Got on top. Munoz, who's really good and slick from his back, tried a few armbar attempts. It was pretty much Arichi Lang from that point moving forward. He landed some good ground and pound. So Arichi Lang got the UD in that one. Moving into 115 pounds, we had Kanaku Marata versus Vanessa Demopoulos, and I did not agree with this decision. And from what I saw on MMA Twitter, nor did most people, okay? Uh, uh, Murata got the takedowns. She was landing ground and pound. Vanessa did a decent job on her back, you know, landing a few strikes, including some elbows, throwing up submissions. But again, the takedowns and the top control and the, the ground and pound from top, I thought clearly gave Murata at least two of the rounds. The judges saw it differently. They gave Vanessa the um, got the UD in that one, too. I, I just didn't see it, dude, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. All right. Moving into Mateusz Mendoza, Mendona, Mendoza, I'm not sure, versus Nate Manis. We didn't have to wait long on this one, dude. Nate Manis took it down, got the ground and pound, you know, got to finish in the first round. Late first round win for Nate Manis at 125 pounds over Mateusz. I'm going to say Mendoza, but I'm not 100% sure because we all know the Rhino's handwriting sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into our next fight. We had Carolina Kovacavich versus Diana Balbita. Um, kind of a stagnant first round. Carolina did get on top and did get full mount. Belbita was able to, you know, get out of it and land a really nice right hand towards the end of the first round. But from that point forward, the second and the third were all Karina, Car- Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Say that three times fast. <laughs> With forward pressure, landing cleaner shots, had a really nice jab working, really definitely won the second two rounds. Um, might even run the third. I'm sorry, sorry, the first as well. So she got the UD over Diana Balbita in 115 pounds. Carolina Kovalkiewicz, don't look now. She's won three or four in a row. She's kind of getting a nice late resurgence after a tough. Yeah, spell. she had a, like a comeback after she was losing all the time. Yeah, she's definitely um, doing a great job in this part of her career. I hope she keeps it moving forward because really, really nice person. It seems to be yeah, really, like really, really cool. Yeah, I like Diana Balbita as a person too, but like, you know. I'm I'm rooting for KK in that one because she uh, again she's a longtime veteran and had a really rough streak for a while and was really having those emotional breakdowns afterwards and stuff. So I'm really glad she's so far um, gotten the ship to right itself. So big ups to her in that one. All right, moving into Alexander Hernandez <laughs> and Bill Algio at 145 pounds. It was a pretty good back and forth scrap. Bill Algio was landing the harder stuff. He dropped Alex. Um, it was a hard back and forth scrap, but again, Algio was doing more damage and landing the harder stuff, which I did not think was going to happen, which landed him the unanimous decision over Alex Hernandez, who we both know I don't like. So I'm, <laughs> I'm totally glad with the outcome on that one, and I didn't see it happening, so I was stoked. So get up, big ups to Bill Algio on that one. All right. Next was supposed to be Felipe Linz versus Ian Cuchalaba, but Linz pulled out the day of the fight. Now, I didn't realize, I know it happened at least one other time. Somebody else was saying there might have been another, like even a third same day pullout for Felipe for Felipe Lin. So he is kind of becoming, getting the reputation of being somebody who pulls out of fights either day of or day before, which is not 
going to no, make you in the favor of the brass over there at the UFC. And again, he's looked good in his last several fights. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if the weight cut is affecting him, causing him to get ill all the time. Like, I really don't know. But I really hope he gets it figured out because he's a fun, exciting fighter to watch at 205. And that was going to be a good scrap. So there's talk about maybe <clears throat> the two of them running it back this upcoming you know, next week. So we'll see if that happens, but yeah, well, we got to get that figured out. All right. Moving into dreamy drew Dober, uh, versus <laughs> Ricky Glenn <laughs> Dober. Like he was aggressive last night. So he's a, he's a new he father. And that yeah. was kind of the narrative from last night was what kind of guy are we going to see as a new dad for Drew Dober? Like, come on, dude, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> and he came out there, typical aggressive style landed. And Ricky Glenn, again, he's a longtime veteran, but like, I've never been impressed with him on the feet. He's very good on the ground, but I've never, I've never liked his striking style. He's always kind of seemed like he was scared to get hit. Drew Dober is not the one you want to be fighting if you're scared to take a shot to the face no. because Drew Dober is aggressive. He landed a four or five punch combo that hurt Glenn. Um, so Glenn did the desperation shot, right? Drover was on it, sniffed it out, landed a really nice takedown defense, sprawled it out, got back up. And then while he was trying to get up, it was one of the worst glove grabs I've ever seen, like the most egregious. And the ref didn't see it. Everybody in the commentary team was like, what a, what a glove grab. Come on, ref. <laughs> But Drover is able to pull his hand out of there. And then as soon as they stood back up, dude, he heard him again. Ricky goes down. Drover jumps on top, lands him with a few more shots for good measure. TKO in the first round for Dreamy Drew Dober over Ricky Glenn. All right. Moving into what I thought was going to be like a fun, like super high pace, awesome. Everybody, you know, then like highlight reel knockout for Buckley. No, this was not the most exciting fight on the card. Buckley, <clears throat> as we all know, is just he's famous for his incredible striking and for his huge shots. But when you get in there against a veteran like Alex Morono, it's really hard to get off that highlight reel kind of a shot. And Joaquin Buckley did a good job. He landed him, you know, he outlanded him. He had another uh, additional takedown than Morono, but Joaquin Buckley, this was kind of the. Um, Morono slow. can take a freaking punch, man. Yeah. Some of those punches, I was like, Oh my God, he's going <laughs> to get him now. And then he just never did. He just has an ability to withstand punishment A and then B, like that last shot. So like, let's say two or three hurt him kind of, but that fourth one, that would be the knockout punch. He's able to avoid or at least partially block just because he's such a cagey veteran. So Morona did a great job of, you know, deflecting or at least not taking the full brunt of some of those shots. So, but Buckley got the UD very clear cut in that one at 170 pounds. All right. And do we all know what I'm going to say next? Be Joe Pfeiffer. (laughs) (laughs) Joe Pfeiffer and her 85 pounds going against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. This is my favorite fight. This was so fun. It started out fast-paced, kept on going. Into the second round, dude, Pfeiffer slams Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Gets right into arm triangle choke-like position. Gets himself together, gets his arms clenched, slaps it on and starts squeezing. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan had no choice. But to tap out via arm triangle, second round for Joe Pfeiffer. Wow, that was a fun fight. <laughs> awesome finish. Great stuff. All right. Moving into our main event. This one did not go how I thought this was oh, going to go. It pissed me off so bad. I was like, you've got to freaking be kidding me. It was just like immediately over and not the right way. <laughs> the wrong way. Like, why do the bad guys keep winning all the time? Like, what so, is this? So 30 2023, the year of the bad guys winning. <laughs> UFC villains, villains are all over the place yeah. getting belts and getting checks. In the UFC. 
<laughs> we need we need we need somebody. Uh, well, we had we had Joe Piper, who's a great guy who won a big fight. True Dober, great guy, won a big fight last night. But yeah, you're right. There are seem like the Sean Strickland's of the world. We need Leon to knock out Colby. We'll talk about that. In oh, show. Yeah, but we yeah, can't have all these villains all these villains winning. <laughs> Oh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to think about it. All right, so let's let's get into Bobby Green versus uh, versus Grant Dawson. Basically, thirty seconds in, a really hard straight left hand uh, dropped Grant Dawson. Bobby landed a few more for good measure, but literally thirty seconds of the first round, that straight left shot was pretty much all he needed. Like I think the rest of them were just you know for good measure because uh, Dawson was down and out. So Bobby Green got the first round TKO at the main event at one hundred fifty five pounds. Hey. Uh, well, unfortunately, since there was not a ton of great drops, and that was the best drop from last night, my drop of the night for UFC Vegas, and he does go to Bobby Green for that left shot, my left shot, uh, over Grant Dawson. Do you have a different one, APB? Yeah, you know I'm not picking Bobby Green, so I'm going to go with Joe Pfeiffer because he picked up his opponent and just dropped him down and put that arm triangle on him, so that's a that's a drop. that. That's good enough for me. <laughs> that's definitely a drop. When you pick someone and physically drop them down, that's a drop. I mean, that's <laughs> as good as it gets. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that one. You go, um, Joe Piper. Be Joe Piper. Be Joe Piper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into our main card picks for UFC Vegas 81. Because you know this train keeps on a roll. And last week was the anomaly. But, you know, we like to have content every week. And we certainly do. This upcoming week at 135 pounds, I got Cameron Simon beating Christian Rodriguez, what I think has potential for a great fight uh, by split decision. I'm going split decision, Cameron over Christian in that one. What about you? I have Simon with the TKO in round two. All righty. Let's get into 185. I've got Power Bar, Mark andre Barrio beating Michelle Pajeda by TKO in the second round. That's TKO two for MAB over Michelle Pajeda. What about you? I don't think I have that one on here, so I'm going to skip that one. Fair enough. Let's move into 135. We have Rhino Gang member Adrian Yanez uh, versus Jonathan Martinez. I've got Adrian. You know we're sticking with our guy, Adrian. I got KO in the second round via left hook for Adrian Yanez in that one. What about you? Nice. Yeah, you know I'm going with Adrian, too. So I have him with the TKO in round two. Dr. Pepper's for everybody on that win. All right. Moving into 125, I've got Jennifer Maya beating Vivian Arujo by submission in the third round. And I've got an arm triangle, much like Pedro Piper did last <laughs> night. I got arm triangle in the third this time for Jennifer Maya over Vivian Arujo. What about you, APB? Well, I went back and forth with this one. And I picked a submission in the third round, but I picked um, Arujo with an arm bar in round three. Wow. All right. Let's get into one of my most favorite fighters of all time, Edson Barbosa. And again, I like Sadiq Youssef and would pick him most of the time, but I cannot pick against my man, Edson Barbosa. So I've got TKO in the fourth round due to leg damage via leg kicks for Edson Barbosa over Sadiq Youssef. What about you, APB? Nice. I went with Edson Barbosa, too. And I picked him TKO in the fourth round, but I didn't say what it was. So leg damage. That works. Yeah, that works for us. All right, let's get into our Q&A with some members of the Rhino Gang. I know our first one comes from Bionic Dean Dog. Dean Dog, what do you got for us this week, dude? Bionic Dean Dog says, my question this week is, with his impressive win, what do you think Joe Pfeiffer's ceiling is? I think it's super high, dude. Joe is on a seven-fight win streak if you include his high-level grappling wins over UFC talents like Eric Anders and Gerald Mearshart, whom he also beat in the UFC. 
He's 3-0 in the organization. He's building his resume correctly. He's stepping up like a level every time he fights um, with, his, with his opponents. And he showed he could stand up. He showed he can grapple. He can slam. He is a big 185-er, dude. And he's only 27 years old. I really like his attitude. And I'm going to like... I'm going to say within the next two or three years, I really think Joe Piper is going to be in that top 10, maybe even top five. And then getting himself, once you're in that top five, you're in the title contention conversation. But for me, dude, I think Joe Piper's ceiling is really high. Really like him, not just because he had a big win last night, but just how he's looked his last three fights. So, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Joe Piper train for sure. And you know we want to beat Joe Piper. All right, let's get into our next question, which comes from our homie, Struggle Face Tom from down in Texas. Tom, what do you got for this week, dude? Tom says, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of immediate rematches. I think maybe it's a case by case and especially in certain divisions. I just believe sometimes it's a log jam at the top and it's unfair for top fighters waiting unnecessarily for their once in a lifetime shot. What are your thoughts? For the most part, Tom, buddy, I agree with you, my dude. There are certain circumstances where I feel like it's absolutely warranted an immediate rematch. Like, let's say there was a really bad decision or like it was an all-time great fight, maybe a freak injury. And then maybe the biggest reason there's no one else in the top five that could be as truly or give truly as good of a performance as the person who they're giving the rematch to. Right. So like, let's say, you know, Izzy and Strickland fight, but the next person down is like Marvin Vittori or Jared Cannonier. You just don't see them being able to give as good of a fight as Strickland and Izzy. That's why they're giving Izzy the rematch, that kind of a situation. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I'm with you. I feel like too many times it's a situation where the rematch is simply based on the name, popularity, or ability to like move the needle fighters. I think they're given that title shot, i.e. Colby versus Leon, right? I think it's one of those kind of a deals as a, more often than it should be. So I would definitely like to see that change. You know, and in my opinion, I'm with you for the most part. Again, I see it sometimes. I see the need for it. But yeah, for the most part, I'm not stoked on immediate rematches, but you know, I just gave some reasons as to why I think we're going to continue to see him for a while. So great question as always, Tom, thank you very much. Bob Broski. All right, let's get into our homie, the rage and sweet potato from up in Canada way. RSP is the place for me. <laughs> <laughs> RSP, what do you got for me, homie? RSP says, what are some songs that just make you want to throw hands? Not because they make you angry or because they're annoying as fuck, but because they get you so hyped up, you got to punch something. For me, if you put on Cowboys from Hell by Pantera, I'll go toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson. <laughs> so there are so many, my friend. Like, I narrowed it down to just five, you know, for time constraints sake, right? But in no particular order, here is my five. And then APB, while I'm listing my five, why don't you think of at least one, like a song that gets you really, really hyped, if, if there is one. And I'll oh my share gosh. my five now, and then we'll, then we'll go over to you. Okay, so, number one, again, this is no particular order. Number one, Psycho by System of a Down. Number two, Tire Me by Rage Against the Machine. Number three, Bottom Feeder by Parkway Drive. Number four, Get Up by D12, which if you don't know, that's Eminem's group. Um, that's been around, you know, for a long time. And yeah, the song Get Up is hype. And then finally, A New Level by the aforementioned Pantera. So Tire Me, uh, Psycho, Bottom Feeder, Get Up, and A New Level, finally by Pantera, are five songs that get me 
out of my chair, get me rolling around and ready to rock and roll, throw some hands. Again, not because I'm angered at anybody, just because I get so hyped up. Is there a song that does that for you, APB? Um, I mean, there's a lot, but yeah, to put me on the spot really fast off the top of my head, I would probably say Renegades of Funk by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. And I would also say How the Gods Kill by Danzig. Holy shit, I haven't heard that song in forever. So good. If I was a a UFC fighter, that would be my walkout song because it's slightly evil, you know? And it starts out slow, and then it just, like, you know, gets really heavy. So those are my favorite. I don't think I put you on the spot, per se. I I asked you, and then I did my long five, giving you ample time to come up with one. I was like, hey, PB, what's this? And, like, that's on the spot. Because you're so smart and you're a genius, which I've said a million times, so I knew you'd have no trouble. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right, we have another music-centric question in our next one. We got the Juicy Fruit, baby. Juicy Fruit, baby. What do you got for us this week, my dude? Juice says, okay, imagine UFC does a fan contest to decide which songs to replace Face the Pain by Stem and Baba O'Reilly, a.k.a. Teenage Wasteland, that plays during the montage. Which two songs do you pick and why? So this is a great question, dude. For, so for first one to replace STEM, I'm going to go with Sleep Now in the Fire, also by Raging. Oh, that's Machine. good. That's a good I, one. Thank you. I think it's fitting. I think it's to that. And to be a top tier, so it works, right? Because to be a top tier MMA fighter, you have to become comfortable in the chaos. And that's what sleeping in the fire means, right? It's like you have to be able to keep your level head and keep calm and keep focused when there's just crazy shit happening around you. And I love the way that song goes. I just, I love that song. And I think it'd be great, a great fit for, to replace STEM. And then for, to replace Baba O'Reilly, I got, I threw back a little bit on this one. Eric B and Rakim, Don't Sweat the Technique. I've loved that song for like 30 years. <clears throat> you got to have some cushion when you're doing those transition pieces, right? Like it can't just be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It work. So you got to have like a smooth, cool song that has like a nice beat to it. And it's lighter. Like um, if you remember the Jackass movies and shows, it would be like some really gnarly stunt followed by something funny and soft, right? Because it cushions the blow. It kind of, it slows things down and makes it a little bit more fun. So yeah, I'm going Don't Sweat the Technique by Eric B. and Rakim to replace Bob O'Reilly. So Rage Against the Machine for like the, you know, the gnarly and then for the smooth and cool Eric B. and Rockham. So that's what I'm going on that one. That's a great question. Thank you very much. Juicy Fruit, baby. All right. Let's move into my home with the Doc. What does Doc say this week, APB? Doc says, and still, Liz Carmouche yes. with yet another win last night. She's almost 40 and has 27 pro fights under her belt. How much longer can she keep this up? The champ is here. The champ <laughs> is here. All right, Liz Carmouche, Rondo Gang, Gang, Gang. So, dude, you look at what Liz has done in her last seven fights. It's it's incredible. Six finishes, dude. Six out of seven fights finishes one decision, um, including last night's fifth-round leg kick TKO over Alimale McFarlane at Bellator 300. I think she's in her absolute best form right now. Um, she's clearly at a level right now that she is above where she was when she was in the UFC, where she was still good. You know what I mean? It is, it is amazing to see somebody 
who has just continued to progress, not only with the striking, but the grappling, with the confidence, with, you know, she's talked shit in some of her fights, which she never used to do. And I <laughs> love that. I love the progression of not just her as a fighter, but like her confidence. You could see it growing fight to fight. She has looked so good over her last seven fights. I think we could see Liz Carmouche go for another two or three years and defend a bunch of more times. I'm really high on her, not just because she's been on the show, not just because she's the first ever fight in UFC women's history, not because she switched over to Bellator because that's what she deserved to do, to, you know, to make more money for her family, but because I find her to be a really impressive fighter. And that's just going to put a stamp on that one. So, yes, definitely do. Several more defenses for her. Few more years. Absolutely. That's my call on Liz Carmouche. So, Doc, great question, my friend, as always. Thank you very much. All right. Let's get in our homie. Fabian, the man of mayhem. Fabian, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Fabian wants to know, how do you see the next two pay-per-view main events playing out? Can Oliveira adapt to overcome Makachev in their second fight? And does Stipe stand a chance against John? Stipe is my guy, so be gentle. <laughs> well, first of all, I absolutely think Charles can get it done versus Islam this next time around. I'd really like to see more submission attempts. Um, I really like to see Charles try to take it to the ground more. And then when it's on the ground, really fire off chain submissions. Um, we all know Islam is really good everywhere. He's the champion for a reason. And we all know he beat Charles. I'm saying that I think if it gets to the ground more often and there are more submission attempts, I like Charles' chances far better than trying to stay on the feet the entire time with Islam. <clears throat> Charles has the most submissions in the history of the organization, okay? Let's go to that strength. Let's try to make that your focal point. Get it down any way possible, even pulling guard, and just go for armbar, go for triangle choke, go for calf slicer, go for whatever. I just want to see submission attempts. That's my best path to victory that I see for Charles Dubronx Oliveira, whom I love. And my Dubronx shirt came from Amazon this week, so I'm super excited. <laughs> yes, I got, my, I got my Oliveira shirt all ready to rock and roll for that night. Now, as far as – I'm a big Stipe fan, too, okay? Um I'd love a big I'm trying to be nice. I would love a big upset where Stipe hurts John somehow on the feet, you know, then like takes him down and gets finished up with ground and pound. I would love to see that. However, if if I've, I've got my journalistic integrity is to go with what I think is going to happen. I think John is going to use his superior size, his power, his reach, and his wrestling. I think he's going to hurt Stipe on the feet a few times, and then I see him getting like a big double leg takedown and finishing Stipe on the ground. Um, third or fourth round TKO most likely. But yeah, I would believe me, I'm with you, Fabian. I would love to see a big upset and, and Stipe catch him with something and, you know, John Jones finally legitimately lose. I just don't see it, man. I think that's a one in 100 kind of a scenario. And I think John just has too many tools for Stipe, who's been so inactive as of late and is now you know, on the north side of 40. Yeah, I just I just don't see it. I would love to see it, but I just don't think it's happening. So great question, my man and man. We certainly appreciate you, my dude. All right. So, APB, that's going to conclude our question and answer section of the show today. So, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with Isaac Thompson after a quick word from our sponsors, KR Designs. Hey, Rhino gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, 
any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Ah, oh, fight fam, we're going to have another fantastic guest going 10 rounds of Rhino with us tonight. Five and one, LFA featherweight. Isaac Thompson is here. Isaac, thank you so much for joining us tonight, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Dude, we are super fucking stoked, especially because your next scrap is coming up in just a few weeks. This is a great time to have you on. Basically, Isaac, the round one with Rhino was always the same. I love to get the origin story. How'd you first get involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, my dude? Oh, uh, man, I, I've, I've been into it since, like, uh, basically since I was born. I started when I was eight years old. Uh, my parents uh, wanted to get me into some martial arts, so they just threw me into some boxing, and yeah, here we are now. <laughs> here we are. Fast forward a few years, and here we are now. Yeah. <laughs> so as we talked about, your next scrap is an LFA 170 that's taking place in Vail, Colorado, yep. October 27th on UFC Fight Pass. As a former fighter, dude, we we all know, and you know just as well as I do, every camp is different. There are different things we focus on. There are different things that happen in camp. There's yep. different life circumstances that are going on. It's just every camp is different. Was there a focal point for this particular fight you really wanted to work on, or was it just kind of like, I just want to level up everywhere? Actually, yeah, there was uh, one major thing that uh, I just wanted to touch up on a little bit was uh, just the elevation. Um I've never really fought that high in elevation before, and uh, lately I've just been going up into the mountains of Tahoe and running and uh, just shadow boxing, just getting that feel of being in uh, high elevation. And honestly, I don't see what the talk is about. I don't think it's that that big of a deal. I think it doesn't affect Australians. I think you guys yeah. have some sort of yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. in your bloodstream that just doesn't Damn. allow for uh, for elevation sickness at all. So we just got bigger. <laughs> we just got bigger balls. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, I think I heard that somewhere. But don't call me. I'm not a scientist. I just think I heard that somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, dude, how did you make your way? Speaking of Australia, how you know how did the connect happen between you know where you're from in Sydney, Australia, to your mm. new home in Sacramento, California? Uh, so when I was 14, I actually came over to California to uh, compete in Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. Um, and as I was doing that, we thought might as well do a pancreation fight because I was uh, just starting to get into the MMA scene and uh, I wanted to get a little like MMA uh, practice while I was here. So did a uh, pancreation fight and uh, to kind of help prep for that fight, I went and uh, trained in uh, Team Alpha Male. And yeah, that's how I got my little connections over here. And yeah. And that's the, that's the story on that. That's the story on that one. It's not a bad, not a bad starting point for <laughs> him. Uh, to be Team Alpha Male. Yeah, it, I was, uh, 
Great choice. It was a great choice, honestly. <laughs> I would say so, dude. So your opponent that night is AJ Robb. I'm, I'm yep. not familiar with him. What, if anything, do you know about him and what he brings to the table? Um, he's fought two of our guys. Uh, he just recently lost to one of the guys from my gym um, in a boxing fight. I honestly think he might try and take me down. He kind of looks like he has a wrestling base. Um, there's not too much footage on him. But, yeah, I think he just does a lot of forward pressure. He's a short dude, so he has to do a lot of forward pressure and, like, winding punches to try and get a takedown. So I've been trying to prep for that, and, yeah. That's fair enough, my dude. So as you can hear, fam, you know, my man Isaac is from Australia. As we were talking, he and I were talking off air a little bit. You know, I've had a lot of Australians on the show. um, So, like I said, I believe you're my eighth or ninth Australian fighter that I've interviewed. And so there, <laughs> I, always, I always try to include at least some Aussie-centric questions. Like I asked, I asked Janae Hardy, like her favorite Australian bands. And, you know, I, and Elvis Sinisic went on a long tangent about Australia, the history of Australian fighting and all this mm-hmm. stuff. John Wayne Parr, too. Like just awesome, awesome people uh, from your neck of the woods. Now, I'm going to ask you a couple of very Aussie-centric questions. Now, the first one. <laughs> Is is Vegemite really delicious, or is it all just a scam? Oh, man, I love Vegemite. <laughs> I love it. Um, funny story, uh, I actually gave my roommate Vegemite for the first time uh, about last year, but I didn't tell him what the flavor was going to be like. He he, like kind of thought it was going to be a Nutella flavor. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now he just shits on it, but, man, I love Nutella. I honestly think you, you, I knew what you meant, brother. I think think you have to to grow up with it because to me, when I had it, it literally tastes like someone took a soup bouillon cube, (laughs) softened it up and spread it over a piece of toast. (laughs) It can't be, it can't be a thing. So, you know, people understand Australia is a huge place with lots of different, you know, cities within the, within the country. And, and there is, there is a contingency. So I don't know if you're familiar with Sarah Collins, a Bellator fighter, Mm-hmm. Um, from Australia, <clears throat> have you heard? Because you're from Sydney originally, yep. have you heard of a tiger pie? The street food of tiger pie? No. Okay. So I saw this it on is... an episode of Bizarre Foods one time where he was in Sydney, and it's basically like a, like a meat pie with mashed potatoes on top. Like it's like a street food. Okay. And I said, you know, and I've talked to like Shannon Ross about it. I talked to Jeanette, and they were like, oh yeah, you know, we've had it or whatever. And I asked her, and she reacted like she had never heard of this a and that b i was completely making it <laughs> so after so now it's become this joke between us where i'm always like oh because she just won her fight recently uh, yeah. over in dublin for bellator <laughs> i was like i was like tiger pies for everyone and it was a big fucking funny thing. <laughs> so if you had to pinpoint your favorite like just strictly in australian food what would it be some fairy bread hands down fairy bread now, help me know what uh, I don't know what that is. Help me out. Let's play it to the audience. Uh, so we have this thing called Hundreds and Thousands. Um, it's it's basically sprinkles. Sprinkles, loaf, uh, just like white bread and some butter. Hands so down from my favorite. Uh, <laughs> would that be food. It? It's like a little would potty that... food. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was like... Um... So it's not necessarily, it's not like really, really a, it's like, it's not cake. It's like a bread, but just has sprinkles on it. Yeah. It's just, you go buy a loaf of bread, throw some butter on it and throw your uh, uh, sprinkles on and get some fa- uh, fairy bread. Okay. Dude, yeah. I will not talk shit about that. Cause I, try <laughs> you know, I'm not getting on team Vegemite, but I could try some fairy bread. And probably <laughs> that that one's a lot sweeter. It tastes way better. 
<laughs> I have had um I had kangaroo soup. Oh yum. Which was delicious. It tasted yeah. like like lean beef and it was fucking amazing. So yeah, I'm fully on board with that. I mean I, I think kangaroos are cute and all, but you know, oh, they were yeah. tasty too. It, so <laughs> it was really I good. And they talked about how healthy the meat was and everything. Like I would fully yeah. try that again. Yeah, that's for mm-hmm. sure. So, dude, we got to have balance, Isaac. We got to have time away from, you know, the grind and from working on our bodies and our minds down to a nub. We got to get some time away to just kind of chill and have some fun. What are some things that you like to do, like, away from the cage, away from training, to, like, you know, reset your mind and just enjoy some relaxation time? Um, So, I love to game. If I'm not in the gym, I'm most likely gaming. Uh, If I'm not doing that... On the weekends, me and my roommates, we go out to the uh, like the mountains and just ha- put our phones away and just uh, get like one with nature, basically, and you know just relax, hit an ice bath in the cold river, and yeah. That does sound like some fun. What are you, uh, oh, what man, are you gaming on right now? Are you playing online? Uh, yeah, just Call of Duty, load of code. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Have you have you got just play the uh, the UFC five yet? Has that has that been I suck at fighting games. I wish I was better at them. Um, yeah, I haven't played that one yet. I'll, I'll probably get it soon, though. Yeah, I haven't played it yet either, but uh, my homie who does the does our posters, who will be doing your poster as well, he mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he reviews games. That's what he does oh, on, wow. uh, on on YouTube. And, yeah, I, I, really, I haven't seen That's his cool. review of it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. I want to see because I've heard both good and bad about it. And I love fighting games are all that I play. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing that shit come out and see what kind of uh, improvements they've made from the last one to this one. Now, dude, here's a fun question for fighters that honestly people either know right away or they're like, they don't have an answer for it. They're like, nope, I refuse to answer. <laughs> <So> <laughs> which camp you fall into. If you could not make a living fighting, if fighting was not a profession, what do you think you'd be doing as a career? Uh, working with my dad. Um yeah, growing up, my dad gave me two choices. It was either I go and work with him in the construction game or I go and uh, make a name for myself, go out and see how far I can go fighting. And I chose the fighting path. The fighting path. But you have you have done some construction, though? You like you know what kind of work yeah. that's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, every time I go back home, my dad has me wake up 5 a.m. No matter if it's 40 degrees in the heat or if it's like two degrees cold in the winter, like we go out and we work. So he's talking in terms of Celsius, fam. Celsius. That's why he's saying 40, which is like 90. High 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) low 40s, low 30s. Right, right. I just wanted to make sure I was clear for some people. What do you mean in the – it's not that – that's not that hot. (laughs) Celsius, where the the majority of the rest of the world uses as a uh, measurement – of heat, yeah. unlike us, <laughs> you guys like to be different. It's all right. Just to be clear on that, <laughs> so, dude, I we I know we talked about food a little bit already, but that was strictly Australian. Now here's the here's the weight cut food question. So we got to cut weight. Just what we have to do as professional fighters. It yeah. sucks, but it's what we do. We deprive ourselves of some of our favorite things. So just put yourself in the mindset, Isaac. You've already won the fight. You're out with your friends, your family, your teammates. Everybody's out and out having a good time. You could really throw down on some grub that you've really kind of avoided for a few weeks. What do you want to throw down on, my man? <sighs> I have a really bad obsession with ice ice cream, like just mint ice cream. It's probably mint ice cream. I, I always uh, have a celebratory mint ice cream. Now, are you saying mint ice cream? Yeah, mint. 
mint, mint. Like do you do chocolate mint? Okay, I was gonna say yeah. there's gotta be chocolate chip because there's nobody that just eats <laughs> mint ice cream. <laughs> like, I would if oh. I could. That's like the best bit. <laughs> really, you like that? But so I know like people like the chocolate and the mint combination. I know that's that's hot. That's popular. That's a good one too. But just just you know, it'd be funny if you went to like Cold Stone Creamery or whatever. And you were like, you're like, yeah, give me the uh, give me the mint ice cream, but no bits. Yeah. And they would be like, what are you talking about? No, I want all the chocolate chips out of there. Yeah. Take them out. I want just mint ice cream only. And then watch them try to pick up a fucking chocolate chip. Be like, okay, Isaac gets what Isaac wants, man. He's uh, he's gonna be a future LFA champion. And then who knows after yep. that? We gotta take out the we gotta take out the chocolate for him. Uh, so, dude, basically, Isaac, we have run our way into the 10th round with Rhino, which is just the easiest round of them all. Just share your social medias with us, dude. So my friends, my fans, my homies, and the Rhino gang can all follow you along moving forward, keep tabs on you, and get on that fucking train or the Isaac Thompson train that's coming through. I'm going to go through that LFA and then on to either Bellator or the UFC. I know it. So just, mm-hmm. just share your social medias with us, my guy. Yeah, it's just uh, Isaac Thompson MMA um, on everything. Yeah. That's so it. IG, IG, Twitter, IG. Facebook. Yeah, Isaac Thompson MMA. Awesome. Well, you say something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just want to be clear. We're talking Instagram for sure, which I know. Yeah. And then is it Twitter as well? I don't really use Twitter. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not on that. But Instagram, Facebook, it's the same thing. Absolutely, dude. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Well, like I said, dude, I only really reach out to fighters who when I see on the regional scene where I'm like, yep, they got it. And you are definitely falling into that category. Oh, thank right, you, thank like, Absolutely. You. I was like, I got to reach out to Isaac. I can definitely see not only you getting a great win on October 27th on UFC Fight Pass at LFA 170, but definitely contending for that title very soon at Featherweight and then moving forward from there on to much bigger and better things. And we are super stoked you took the time out to go 10 rounds around on my dude. Best of luck and best of skill. And uh, we really appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. This is Isaac Thompson, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Isaac, thank you so much, dude. I really appreciate you giving me um, the opportunity to work on my Australian accent even more because I have such a fun time doing it. I may not be the best, but I'm certainly not the worst at it, as you even said, which I appreciate, my friend. So let's go ahead and shout out to our outro tour forum contributors to the Dean Dom, to Struggle Face Tom, to the Raging Sweet Potato, to the Juicy Fruit Bebe, to my homie the Doc, to Fabian, the man of mayhem. Of course, to our girl, APB, the co-host with the mo-host. To Ms. Fight Diva. To Sandy. To Steffi, Shannon, and Gina from the PRG. To my Midwestern homie, the filthy casual. To our girl, Brat, my most favorite of all the Swedes. To Kairos, Hunter. To Sonda, Tyson, Sammy, Jillian, and Jason, my Chrissy, my underdog MMA peeps. To the homie MMA by Milliken. To Cyrus King. Ashley, the MMA nerd, and so many other of you guys, we so appreciate all of the likes and the shares and the retweets or whatever they call them now, reposts. Whatever, whatever we're the, calling Whatever the tweets. verbiage is, retweet. Fucking tweets. <laughs> you guys really help us get the word out week and week out. We are so appreciative of you. We keep growing exponentially week after week, and it's because of you. It's not because of me or APB or the homie D. Reigns. It's because of you, and we just want to say a genuine thank you so much. To, of course, the feature play, Andrea. To our homie, the Best engineer in the biz to D-Rains. To our guy, Jay, at JMMA4 on Twitter and at JMMA on YouTube. Another banger posted this week. We so appreciate you, my friend. Dude, a lot of bad stuff's going on around the world. We know that. We try to have this show and be fun and light and try to keep our minds off of that shit because we all have our own problems, you know, and it can be overwhelming at times. And I just love to say, as we do every week around here, 
love really is greater than hate. Try to keep as much love as you can in your heart and in your lives. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on that really kind of chip away at that. Stay strong. Lean on your friends. Lean on your family. You know we love you here. And I hope you have a wonderful week. And we're going to reiterate it by saying it again. Love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Kate Sa. <laughs>